You are listening to a podcast of Risen Savior Lutheran Church in Chula Vista, California. Growing in faith, living in hope, serving in love, all to the glory of God. Hear now the awesome words of 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 18 through 22. For Christ died for sins once for all, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring you to God. He was put to death in the body, but made alive by the Spirit, through whom also he went and preached to the spirits in prison, who disobeyed long ago, when God waited patiently in the days of Noah while the ark was being built. In it only a few people, eight in all, were saved through water. And this water symbolizes baptism that now saves you also. Not the removal of dirt from the body, but the pledge of a good conscience toward God. It saves you by the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who has gone into heaven and is at God's right hand with angels, authorities, and powers in submission to him. This is the word of God. It is a good time of the year to set some goals. To to get the Christmas shopping done by a certain time. To get the baking done by a certain time. To get the wrapping done by a certain time. Maybe to finalize your schedules, figure out exactly who you're going to be spending time with when. And all of this on top of your already busy schedules with all that you have to do day after day. It's a good thing to set some goals, especially in the month of December. Now I bring up this topic of setting goals because we find out today that God sets goals too. And actually we we find out that he has one goal and we find it at The end of verse 18, God's goal is to bring you to him. God's number one goal is to bring you into a strong and lasting relationship with him. Sounds simple enough, right? But it's not so simple. It's actually quite complicated. Because there's a huge problem, a huge obstacle that stands in the way of God accomplishing his goal. He is not the problem. We are the problem. I know it's not a very popular word in our day and age, but the huge obstacle, the huge problem that stands in the way of God getting his goal accomplished is sin. And this huge obstacle, this huge problem runs much deeper than our sinful acts, those times when we lose our temper with our spouse, those times you cheated at school or on your taxes, those times when you don't listen to your parents. This obstacle, this huge problem that that gets in the way runs much deeper than our sinful thoughts, too, Those times when no one else can see it, but we have resentment building up inside towards someone else. Those times when when jealousy starts wiggling around our hearts and our minds. 
Those times when pride or arrogance wells up inside of us and we start to look down on others. The huge obstacle, the huge problem that stands in the way of God accomplishing his goal is summed up in Psalm 51, where we learn, I was sinful at birth, sinful from the time my mother conceived me. Even before we had the chance to do something sinful, even before we had the chance to think something sinful, we already were sinful. It's a huge problem. It's it's a huge, huge problem that we inherited from our parents as they did from theirs. So there's the problem. But God did not back away from his goal. His goal still remained to bring us to him. As big as the obstacle was, God's plan was that much bigger. For Christ died for sins once for all, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring you to God. That verse right there is a summary of the gospel, the great news of our salvation. Christ died for sins once for all. All of those problems I mentioned earlier and all the problems I didn't mention, All those obstacles that stood in the way between us and God have been removed because Christ died for them. That's what God demanded. He said that someone had to die for sin, and Jesus did for us. And he did that once for all. The writer to the Hebrews gives us some additional assurance. Sins have been forgiven. There is no longer any sacrifice for sin. Jesus is the once-for-all sacrifice. John also records for us, Jesus Christ is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, and not only for ours, but also for the sins of the whole world. And later he sums it up with these words, This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son as the atoning sacrifice for our sins. That word atoning that we heard several times in those references means that that God has done absolutely everything necessary to make our broken relationship with him a fixed relationship with him. He has done everything necessary to, to make us at one with God again. Very clearly, God has set a goal and accomplished it by bringing us to him. But in order for us to appreciate it even more, Peter continues with another detail. Christ died for sins once for all, the righteous for the unrighteous. It is already clear, as we talked about earlier, how unrighteous we are. Jesus is the exact opposite of that. He is righteous. He is holy. He is perfect. Every single act of his was 100% perfect. Every single thought he ever had was 100% perfect. And this was all part of God's plan, the righteous for the unrighteous. This is the greatest exchange or substitution of all time. This is a greater substitution than if LeBron James was my substitute in a pickup basketball game. That's how big of a substitute this is. The death that Jesus died is our substitute. The perfect life that he lived is our substitute. The righteous for the unrighteous. Wow. 
I am kind of a, a simple guy in some ways, and so maybe just a simple way for you to, to remember this throughout the week, this awesome exchange. Three simple words, he for me. Jesus is our Savior, not because he, he gave us some sort of model to follow in order for us to save ourselves. Jesus is our Savior because he is the perfect Son of God who laid down his life on the cross in order to bring us to God. He for me. You want proof that it worked? God's plan? God's goal? Well, then consider what Jesus did after he died on the cross. He went and preached to the spirits in prison. This took place after Jesus died on the cross. This took place after he declared his victory on the cross that it is finished. The first thing he did then is he descended into hell to go on a victory parade. He descended into hell to proclaim to those who had rejected him exactly who it was that they rejected. The king of kings. See, that's why our time is so important to us. Because we've been given this time in this life to get to know him as the king better and better before time runs out. And we'll have that opportunity again at Christmas, at Easter, but every Sunday and every day. Our goal is an everyday goal to get to know him better and better as we draw, draw, draw closer and closer to the day when he returns again. Get to know him better. Now, very clearly, Jackson's parents have established that goal for him already as you have brought him to be baptized. Uh, baptism is so much more than just a church ceremony. Baptism is so much more than, than just a tradition. God's word couldn't be any clearer than it is in our text for today where it tells us it saves you. In other words, it accomplishes God's goal for you. It brings you to him. In our text for today, Peter uses the flood as an illustration. Yeah, the, the flood, it brought a lot of destruction. There were millions and millions and millions of people who lived at that time, and only eight were saved. Very clearly, the flood was a twofold purpose with, with God. Judgment, yes, but also salvation. The same waters that destroyed so many that had rejected him were the same exact waters that were the saving grace for Noah and his family. The same waters that brought so much destruction are the same waters that enabled that boat, that ark, to float and save its precious cargo. That water saved Noah and his family. But the, the water of baptism which was poured upon Jackson today and the, the water of baptism which was poured upon all of us on the day of our baptism it also saves, but in a much deeper, more important way than the water saved Noah in the flood. It saves us. The water of baptism, which is connected to the powerful word of God, saves. It saves you not by the removal of dirt from the body, but by the pledge of a good conscience toward God. 
a good conscience toward God. Do you have a good conscience toward God? And no, to say that, well, I've, I've tried my best to, to live according to his will and please him, that's not good enough. And the dirty little secret, at least it's my dirty little secret, is I haven't even tried my best all the time. So the more we, we look to ourselves, the more we look to what we have or haven't done, that's only going to, to condemn our conscience even more. We're not going to find any comfort there, only regret for, for not having done more. But baptism gives us a good conscience. It exchanges our bad conscience for a good conscience, which is able to say, I have pleased you, God. I've never offended you. I've never sinned against you. I've never sinned against my neighbor. I have a perfectly clear conscience. Something only God can give and does give at baptism. He exchanges our bad conscience for Christ's good conscience. It saves us. Because we are able to say when we're standing before the, the, the judge, my sins have been washed away. My sins have been forgiven. God has very clearly accomplished his goal. But you have a big task ahead of you. A huge responsibility to keep Jackson connected to God and his word. And that's a huge responsibility for all of us to stay connected to God because it can happen where that connection is lost. Go back to the days of Noah when God gave the people 120 years of mercy and yet they kept delaying. They kept pushing that relationship off to the side a little further, a little later, before it was too late and the connection was gone. I know that you probably have a lot of worthy goals in the days ahead as you lead up to Christmas. Great things. Christmas shopping, Christmas baking, good time with the family. These are all good things. But the best goal is to make sure that connection is, is strong and secure, the one that you have with your Savior. Because, Dear friends, I, I would be a failure to you today if I didn't remind you that, that Jesus is coming again. Consider the flood. At the flood, there was judgment and destruction. There was judgment and destruction for all those who rejected him. But at the flood, there was also salvation, wasn't there? As Noah and his family was saved. And when Jesus returns again, he will also bring salvation. Something by God's grace we are all prepared for. Because God has kept and still keeps his promises. He has brought us to him. And what a, what a blessing it is today to have the visual proof of that happening once again. I'm so thankful for you two picking this Sunday to have this baptism, to line up with this particular reading, which was assigned many, many years ago. Thanks for that. I'm sure that's exactly why you picked this Sunday, right? Yeah, God has clearly accomplished his goal with Jackson today. And he has with all of us. 
As baptism, it's, it's not just a ceremony, it, it saves. There was a famous king who realized this, and, and he's quoted as saying this, that the three handfuls of water with which I was once baptized are more precious to me than the crown of royalty which I now wear upon my head. And it was Martin Luther who put words to that to explain that that king was absolutely right. Baptism works forgiveness of sin. It delivers from death and the devil and gives eternal salvation to all who believe this as the words and promises of God declare. God has very clearly achieved his goal. He has brought us to him. Amen. Thanks for listening to this Risen Savior podcast. For more information about our church, check us out online at risensavior.us.